Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. It's really romantic when the sun sets over Mr. Chubby's wings. In Fleming Island, no place I'd rather be just after 6 o'clock. Thrilled to be here. We draw even closer to kick less than 48 hours away Saturday in Kansas City where the Jaguars and Chiefs will meet for the 15th time. Kansas City holds the all-time record. Eight wins, Jacksonville with six, but everything on the line for this one. The money this week, for the most part, staying with Kansas City. You may have gotten it at 10. You may have gotten it nine and a hook, nine. Um, you know, and, and depending on where you shop, uh, those lines could possibly still be available. A little bit later on, we'll check in with Rafael Esparza. We'll find out where the latest money is going, where the betting slips are going, where the cash is going. Has there been any line movement on this Thursday as we get closer to kick on Saturday? Great to have you with us. My name is Rick Ballew, again, live from Mr. Chubby's Wings. What a great place. I love coming out here to Fleming Island. Um, you know, some of my favorite golf courses are out in these parts, and I always make it uh, part of the, you know, rotation, if you will, after a round of golf to to pop in here. It's got that long Chicago-style bar. You know what I mean? You know how most Chicago bars are almost like they're like uh, cabooses, uh, you know, like a train or a caboose. They're, they're kind of, uh, or in these parts, a trailer. You know, it's kind of singular, and it's really spread out. That That's the way things are in Chicago. You don't get a lot of that uh, down here in Jacksonville. Of course, the one we're typically at over in Ponte Vedra Beach, you have the great Cheers-like bar. This one, spectacular as well. Family setting, indoor-outdoor dining. We've got, uh, again, the very lengthy bar. You've got the old-school booths. You've got the tabletops. You've got the high tops. Real good crowd already in here. But I see a couple of booths open right in front of me. I mean, where are you at? The Jaguars are playing in the divisional round, and you're trying to tell me they're seating here at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Fleming Island. As always, Miller Lite, um, two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers. Uh, that includes all domestics, uh, but Miller Lite is, is my favorite flavor, if in fact I was consuming, but... That is not going to be the case uh, as we are going to put our elbows here into the table and, and really get after it. You know, how do the Jaguars win this football game? There's so many intangibles here, so many different areas that, that really favor Kansas City, okay? They have the best player on the planet when you look at Patrick Mahomes. You realize that Patrick Mahomes, if he wins this game, he's going to his fifth consecutive AFC championship game. Patrick Mahomes is eight and three in his career in the playoffs. His three losses are 
one in the Super Bowl, two in the AFC Championship game. This is becoming, you know, Tom Brady-esque. I also saw this today. With 28 touchdown passes in the playoffs, listen to these names who he's already ahead of lifetime for touchdown passes. Let me start with John Elway. Okay, the second and third Super Bowl I ever went to, I ever covered, uh, was 1997 when it was Denver and Green Bay. You all remember the big hit by the Hall of Famer, Leroy Butler, and, and kind of the, the spin around that, that Elway did when he, when he hung on to it. And, you know, you can go back to the days of, of who am I thinking of here? Coach Morton and the Orange Crush and, and um, you know, Elway coming in towards uh, Craig Morton was a quarterback. It was what? Dan Reeves was the actual coach. But, you know, Elway came in after that, and uh, they were a very good team. But Denver didn't start winning championships until they had Terrell Davis, and they also really solidified their rushing attack. Still, John Elway, you talk about a generational talent. Did anyone have a better arm than John Elway? And he was so fun to watch because he was fleet of foot, he took chances. Patrick Mahomes at the age of 27 already has thrown more touchdown passes in the postseason than John Elway. He has already thrown more touchdown passes in the postseason than Steve Young. He has thrown more touchdown passes. Are you ready for this? Than three-time Super Bowl champion Troy Aikman. He has thrown more touchdown passes in the playoff era then Roger Staubach, those are just four of the Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks who have won in this league. That's the type of stuff Mahomes has put up early on in his career. If you look at the first time that these two teams met, it was back on November 13th. What is really interesting is the numbers are basically identical if you look at where Trevor Lawrence has been and where Patrick Mahomes has been since these two teams met going back about two months ago. The numbers are staggering. Both teams are 7-1, and one, okay? Um, all right, both 7-1. Both the Jaguars, I guess, had the, the bye after, and in, in, uh, in, uh, Kansas City did not because Jacksonville was played a playoff game. We know that Kansas City was idle last week. Uh, they are able to rest their players, and, and, and they're really in good shape. Outside of um, Hardman, and it was officially announced today that he is not going to be able to play. So look for a little bit more of Kadarius Tony. You remember the first time they got him right before the matchup, and, and Tony made a big play in that game, although he really wasn't featured in that matchup. Anyway, Lawrence and Mahomes both 7-1 and one since that matchup back in Kansas City. Completion percentage for Lawrence, 66%. Completion percentage for Mahomes, 67%. TD to interception ratio. Trevor Lawrence, 16 TDs, 6 picks. That includes the 4 he had last week. And Pat Mahomes, 16 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Point I'm trying to make, they're playing about as even as you possibly can play. Back to the intangibles. The weather. The crowd. The experience all favors Kansas City. Again, Mahomes wins this. He goes to a fifth consecutive AFC championship game. 
the weather, they're calling for all sorts of different stuff. Right around freezing, there's going to be moisture in the air. Is it going to be snow? Is it going to be a few degrees above? Uh, And and therefore, it's cold rain. Um, Either one, uh, that becomes uh, a problem for Jacksonville. Okay, they've played two really bad games this year, or two bad weather games this year, uh, including that earlier one in Philadelphia. But but this is going to be different because it is going to be bitterly cold. The crowd is a factor. I, I'm going to get to that in a moment. I'll probably wait until the other side to touch upon that. I'm actually a little bit disappointed that that the media and fans in Kansas City are taking the Trevor Lawrence comments uh, the way that they are. Again, I want to save that to the other side of our first break uh, because I I, I do want to express my opinion on that and allow you to express yours. As always, 641-1010 on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. I just thought Kansas City was better than that. I mean, there's not a Kansas City fan alive right now that feels threatened by Jacksonville. So why are they kind of hanging on and, and, and taking his quote and picking apart his quote? Again, we'll save that coming up uh, in just a little bit. The other factor in this game is playing 60 minutes of football. Kind of went off yesterday about the Jaguars' slow starts, particularly in their last two games, okay? Jacksonville a year ago was absolutely horrible. They averaged 7.6 points in the first half. And I talked about it the entire offseason. J.J., you can attest. I, I said each and every game, how do you expect to win when you come out of the locker room with 30 minutes to play and you look up and you see that you're averaging just over seven points a game? You're basically scoring seven or eight in the first half. All the pressure's on your defense. The offense has to play come from behind. It eliminates the running attack, and it basically makes you a one-dimensional rushing team this year 11.1 points at half that that's a sizable improvement it's not perfect okay but you're talking about three and a half points where they have improved in just one season only 3.8 in the first quarter that that's alarming to me I know I've said this before and certainly there have been examples where I have been wrong let's look at last week 27 nothing Jaguars scored seven points in the first half. The week prior to that, uh, they scored, what, seven points in the first half. Um, So there have been plenty of examples of this team showing us that they are a 60-minute club and that don't, you know, don't lose patience. Don't get crazy if, in fact, you are trailing early in this football game. I think it's a little bit different here against Kansas City for a number of reasons. They have a tremendous coaching staff. They really do. And they also have a coaching staff where there's plenty of experience. For them, this is just another big game. Where for Jacksonville, they're entering waters now they've never been in. Okay? So that is an issue. And I'm not saying they can't get it done. What I am saying is you better play pretty close to a perfect game you can't spot Andy Reid 27 points he's going to run it out he's going to throw high percentage passes he is going to um, run the ball and and take some clock what what was it the other night they're up 27-7 
And in the second half, I want to say they Los Angeles ran 33 plays, and they passed the ball 25 times and ran the ball eight times? I mean, how much of an idiot do you have to be with a three- to four-possession lead where you're not trying to take the clock? But that's what Brandon Staley, that's what now the fired Joe Lombardi tried to do a week ago, attempted to do. Andy Reid's not going to do that. Eric Bieniemy is not going to do that. The Chiefs are not going to let that happen. They are going to take what Jacksonville gives them, and if they get a lead like that, they are absolutely going to find a way uh, to speed up this game. Something else to consider. The first time they met, Kansas City. Zero penalties. Think about how hard it's going to be to play in that environment. The crowd, the atmosphere, the weather. Now let's add to it a well-coached football team that doesn't make the common mistake. Zero penalties the first time these two, uh, these two teams met back on November 13th. All right, there's a lot to love here. The relationship between Peterson and Reed. For those of you who forget, Andy Reid hired Doug Peterson as his offensive coordinator back in 2013. He was there 2013, 14, and 15 before Reid went to Kansas City. And then what? Chip Kelly came in. That was an abomination. And Doug Peterson had to clean up that crap in Philly and then turn around and won a Super Bowl with big Nick Foles. He's doing the same thing here. He has cleaned up all of the problems in Duval. Can he advance with Trevor Lawrence? I am absolutely thrilled to be here with you tonight. Are you kidding me? The divisional round of the playoffs right around the corner. JJ back in studio. Now, if you put the YouTube, I hope you have, have you placed it on you tonight? No, our iPod is is in, under construction. <laughs> it's in the corner. It it's like broken. I'm not sure what, what happened to it. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was like on its way to Kansas City. <laughs> no, or, or, no. Or something like that. All right. JJ, we have no YouTube here at Mr. Uh, or Graham, Graham Marsh. We have no YouTube here at Mr. Chubby's, correct? That is correct. All right. Just wanted to double check with you. As far as I look around, I do not see. What a great atmosphere. Fantastic. I mean, every, everyone's smiling. Everyone's got Jags gear on. And, and, and this, is, this is so very cool because regardless of what happens on Saturday night, this is going to become the norm in this town. Can you imagine what the expectations are going to be like for this football team this year? They're going to slaughter the AFC South, and it's going to be so fascinating to watch this offseason. But people don't want to hear that now. They want to hear about how do you win this football game in KC. All right, on the other side, we'll do that. I also want to spend a couple of minutes on Trevor Lawrence and, uh, you know, uh, where he is, where do you put him. Uh, with the eight quarterbacks who are left, there's only one quarterback who has won a Super Bowl. And that is the guy that Jacksonville will face on Saturday in Patrick Mahomes. The others, it's wide open. How about Dallas? Dallas hasn't won a divisional round playoff game since 1995. Think about that for a minute. The New York Giants. I mean, every year we hear about Buffalo. Where do you have Buffalo in all this? The health right now 
for Jalen Hurts. Can San Francisco win yet another game with Brock Purdy? It's just one after another here. If you look at what's going on with the eight teams who are, in fact, remaining. All right, opening comments tonight and every night brought to you by Schmunez Vision. Certainly want to help them. You know, it's a little dark in here at Mr. Chubby's. Well, we are kind of off to the corner. I can see fine. And that's a good thing because I have my normal updates with Schmunez to get the very latest as far as my contacts. And that's only part of what they do. Got a really good friend of mine, my chiropractor, Dr. Michael Shinatri. I visited him yesterday. Did a lot of work on my back and neck. Uh, he's sensational in himself. But he heard the ad a couple of months ago. Contacted Schmunez Vision. They said, we can't get with you right now because he was going to go do some surfing. He was going to go do some fishing, go do some other things. And they're like, no, we're going to make sure that we can stabilize you, have you here in Duval for a little bit, do this laser eye surgery, and then everything will be fantastic. Well, he's two weeks in, and he's loving it, okay? He's only 35 years of age. He said, I've had enough. I'm tired of looking for my readers. I'm tired of taking out my contacts before I go to bed. I'm tired of looking for my glasses. How many of you folks out there are dealing with that? Just pick up the phone, 299-2906, or go to schmunezvision.com, out at the beach. Don't overlook what's going on with your eyes. They are the tops in Jacksonville. Talking about Schmunez Vision, more than 30 years' worth of experience. If you look at Dr. Neil Schmunez and Dr. Catherine Schmunez, 30 years of experience when you look at laser eye surgery. All right, fired up, absolutely ready to go. I know you are as well. Best way to get us is on the text line that is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. That number is 641-1010. We're just barely underway. Come on by and say hello. We're in Fleming Island at Mr. Chubby's Wings. If you're going to act like a loser, raise your hand. When it comes to... Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Oh, it's a tough one to take. David Crosby dead at 81. Eight Miles High, this song here by the Birds, many believe is the first ever psychedelic rock song. Right? The war that was going on with the counterculture and that whole era taking on the tops in government and, and everyone else. And uh, Crosby got fired. From the bird, from the birds, and then um, joined Crosby's, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Uh, great storytelling, folk rock, really kind of a different dimension uh, during the hippie movement. And it was a really interesting combination because Crosby and Stills are both American, as we know. The great Neil Young is Canadian, and Graham Nash left the Hollies. He was an English songwriter, but. Like so many others, Crosby just couldn't get along with people. Uh, artistic indifferences, and, you know, to this day, Neil Young doesn't want to talk about him. To this day, Stephen Stills doesn't want to talk about him. It happens with so many band members. It, it happens with so many people in general. Let's be honest. When you work with the same individual every single day, and if you're passionate about what you do, there are going to be issues. You know, we lost Jeff Beck, what, a week, two, a week and a half ago. He, he was fired by the Yardbirds. And the same thing happened here with David Crosby. Um, he admitted his documentary that was 
released a couple of years ago, is really worth the watch because he admitted just how difficult he was to get along with. And it, there was a little bit of, uh, of sympathy there. And I, and I understand that when you make a movie or you make a documentary, you can make everything sympathetic. Hell, Black Mass, in a way, try to make Whitey Bulger sympathetic. What's that last piece we just watched, J.J., on, on Dahmer? You know, they, they had him cleaning up the bathroom, and they tried to make him, you know, he was, like, born again and just or got baptized. Or Casey and, Anthony. Casey right. Anthony one. Or you, you, they want you to think that, like, maybe her dad did it, and, and she's, like, a victim as well. It's unbelievable. And of course, we're talking about serial killers there, although the Casey Anthony one I wouldn't define as a serial killer. She just wanted to go out and party, and she gave, unfortunately, her daughter a little too much chloroform. But in this case, it feels like Crosby knew it at the end, but every bridge was burned. I love him. Uh, and, and, and the album Deja Vu is, is one of my all-time favorites. Kids, do yourself a favor. Put on some Crosby, Stills, and Nash, or some Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Listen to some of the great music that was ever written and played. I'll miss them. That's three now that we've lost in the last 60 days. That really hurts. Christine McVie with Fleetwood Mac. I was not a huge Jeff Beck guy. I'm not going to lie my way around that. I'm not going to do that to you. Certainly respect him. And today, it is David Crosby. He's gone at the age of 81. Let's get back to the Jaguars because that's what's most important, trying to find a way to win a football game in Kansas City. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, not been good in the first half as of late. He really has struggled the last four games collectively. What, one touchdown pass uh, going back to, you know, before the Tennessee game, and obviously the defense uh, won that contest. Uh, Four picks in the first half on Saturday. Then he turns around with four touchdown passes on Saturday. One thing I've always enjoyed about Trevor Lawrence is his honesty. And I've covered a lot of quarterbacks. You know, I, the first professional quarterback I covered was Mark Brunel. He'd give you a Wednesday and he'd give you Sunday after the game. And then I've covered quarterbacks since. And when you're a member of the media, you, you try to figure out what's really going on with the quarterback. Is, is he giving you what you want to hear or is, there, or is there some truth? For instance, whatever Blaine Gabbert said, I, I just didn't believe him. Okay? I just, I, I didn't. There's no other way to say it. I didn't believe him. Uh, Blake Bortles was honest to a fault. And I, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's so endeared uh, here in town. Trevor Lawrence is just an honest guy. He, he doesn't give you canned answers. He doesn't run one way or the other. You know, you ask him about the two-point conversion, he's going to tell you, yeah, it was improvised. Yeah. You know, I, I, I saw the play, I called the play, and I took it as a 23-year-old quarterback. Well, he was asked about the fans, and I can't believe the reaction. Let's play it first. Let's go back to yesterday. Trevor Lawrence was asked about how difficult it's going to be to go to Arrowhead to try to win a playoff game. Obviously, the environment and the atmosphere we're going to play in is one of, if not the best in the NFL. I mean, I can't imagine it'll be 
much louder than our fans were here on Saturday, honestly. But that was when we were on defense, not offense. So you, you, we played there earlier in the year, but this is a little bit different. You know, it's a playoff game, divisional round. Um, so the stakes are higher. So I expect them to be even crazier, more packed stadium. But um, I mean, at the end of the day, you just gotta you gotta go play, and you gotta make sure you communicate. That's the one thing we gotta get in and out of the huddle. We gotta get the line of scrimmage so we have time to communicate because everything naturally takes a little longer when it's loud. All right, so there you have it. He's honest and he's respectful. I mean, what did you not get out of the? It's probably one of the, if not the. Loudest place to play in the NFL. Oh, my God. What, he actually credited Jaguar fans. How, how dare the quarterback of the Jaguars salute his own fans? So it's amazing how you can take things out of context, how you can produce a headline, how you can do whatever it is that you want to do, and it totally tells a different story. I, I, I hate that I'm even going to do it, but they sucked me in once again. This time it's Shannon Sharp, okay, the king of idiosity, uh, telling us today that, what, Jacksonville, hey, Trevor, you're not playing in front of 42,000 in a swimming pool. It, it, it's another example of lazy, totally uninformed, and I think in the case of Shannon Sharp, Probably bitter feelings to losing to Jacksonville back at Mile High Stadium as a member of the Denver Broncos in 1996, or in this case, in January of 1997. So the national media, that's kind of expected because, again, they're covering the entire league. To them, Jacksonville, you know, Colin Coward said it a week ago, right? Jacksonville doesn't have any fans. They don't have – so they're going to do that. But it's the Kansas City side of this that has me really complexed. All right, Kansas City, do they really need this? Is this something that is going to provide them as a fan base now? Not, not as a football team. I, I would be shocked if they took even the most absurd headline that was created out of that quote and put it up there for players to read, Okay. But the media and the fans are making a huge deal out of this. And what's scary is these fans are going to be incredibly loud to begin with. But this is going to spread just like a virus, okay? And every single person at this game is now going to take it upon themselves to be even louder than they normally were especially early in this football game. Now, I've always been a subscriber to this. Punch him in the mouth. Punch him in the chin. Kick him in the midsection. Run the ball. Pick up a first down. Pass the ball. Pick up a first down. Pass the ball. Touchdown, Jacksonville. That's how you shut him up, right? Jacksonville was quiet. A lot of folks left. They won't admit it. A lot of folks left down 27 nothing. Those who stayed and the majority did, how freaking loud did they get in the second half? The only way that you are going to take the crowd out of this game is to score and score often. So I'm not even going to say anything else about it. I mean, I've heard, you know, some school have thought, oh, should Trevor have not have said this? I mean, come on. He's giving you an honest answer. You, you can't go to your quarterback and, and – um, 
you know, put him under a microscope as to everything he says or doesn't say. He wasn't trying to be rude here. He was giving a compliment. Yet, Kansas City, their media, their fans are still running with this in the way that they are. Pretty disappointed. But even more importantly than that, I'm, I'm actually surprised that this team needs that. There are certain teams who do need a spark. There are certain teams that do need a little bit more uh, to ignite them, which is, I guess, the same thing. I, I just never thought that that would be the case for Jacksonville. The Jaguars this year historically have tied an NFL record. They have won eight games as an underdog. Okay, That includes last week. Uh, in the playoffs, and I understand that this is year two of a 17-game regular season schedule, but it's still very impressive. I, I, I'm not saying they've covered covered the spread as uh, with eight games as an underdog. I'm saying they've won outright eight games as an underdog. They've also won four straight as an underdog, so... They're a big dog this weekend. Again, it's somewhere between 8.5 and 9.5, and depending on where you shop. And we will check in with Rafael Esparza a little bit later on in the program. Uh, he will give us uh, the very latest as far as that is concerned. Also, Dave Campo is going to join me. And I'm lucky enough to sit next to Dave in the press box during Jaguar games. Really want to pick his brain on just everything, including – how do you D up on Travis Kelsey? Uh, how do you play that style of defense? What do you do? I mean, I have to imagine that Jacksonville and Kansas City as a whole, both those two teams are going to start in nickel. Not only start in nickel, but basically stay in nickel. And, you know, we've seen Jacksonville, depending on their opponent, you know, running teams, Tennessee, Baltimore, the third linebacker, at times a third safety when Dewey came in. You're not going to get that here against Kansas City. You're going to be facing a football team that basically is one of the very few in the NFL that will look at you and say, yeah, we'll run it here and there, but we're going to win this game by passing. You can go back to what Tom Brady did when he was in New England, and, of course, Brady as well was a a master at at basically – you know, running the running pass, if you will. What, what I mean by that, it's not the best way to define it, is hitting backs out of the backfield, right? He always had a James White or a J.R. Redman or a Kevin Falk. Or, it just goes on and on and on. And instead of running the ball a bunch, it, it was almost like New England's version of running the ball, but it would absolutely keep, um, you know, your defender on their heels a little bit, getting ready to backpedal because they knew that they had to defend uh, the pass in the game. All right. Um, one other note with Trevor, and I love this. Zay Jones, I mean, this is, this is just phenomenal, okay, about the growth. And I hang on to things. I remember a lot of things. Graham, you were with me uh, in Charlotte. Graham Marshall was with me in Charlotte when yes, I spoke sir, I with was. Dabo Sweeney and when I talked with Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator. Um, formerly of Clemson, now the head coach of Virginia. My entire interview with those two guys were about the leadership qualities of Trevor Lawrence. Last year, I was still the sideline reporter. I watched his maturation throughout the course of the year, but I wondered if he had the fire in his belly 
to get on guys. Zay Jones today now says for the first time Trevor yelled at him on the sideline. Wow. That's crazy. I love it. That that was and, and Tony Elliott stopped me halfway and he's like, he absolutely has that in him. I'm like, I haven't seen it. It was no question with Dabo or Tony right. Elliott. It, it was the, not even a remote question. Yeah, it, 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 it was like, it, it's going to happen. And, and, and I guess at times when you're a number one pick, I'm thinking he was a 22-year-old rookie, and he was so respectful, and he still is. But early this year, and, J.J., you remember this, during the five-game losing streak, I'm yelling on here, where's the emotion? Why isn't he throwing a helmet? Why isn't he getting all P.O.'d? Well, he started to show that. And now he finally is getting on some players. And, and, and the greatest quarterbacks in the league do that. I know, I know a lot of people frown at Brady, screaming at guys, and Phillip Rivers screamed at guys. I mean, there's that historic clip of Troy Aikman uh, just dressing down his offensive line. But the great quarterbacks in this league are also great quarterbacks. Uh, great are also great leaders and, and part of being a leader is to know when to jump on your teammates I love this Zay Jones said it was the first time he yelled at me and he kind of liked it uh, Trevor's also uh, pissing off opposing fan bases now so he's checking many boxes that the greats he is. that is good that, the is, greats, that is a great you point. know Aaron Rodgers is known for that Brady's done that some in the past so this is next level stuff right here from Trevor I love it. The, the only thing I don't love is the Waffle House deal. And let me tell you why, okay? First of all, I am an enormous fan of Waffle House. I, I would rather have pancakes, but Waffle House is great. But you know it as, soon, as, as, as sure as I do. We're, we're not in Chicago. We're not in New York. We're not in Boston. Nothing's open at 1 a.m. in Duval outside of Waffle House. Not even so on that's a why Saturday I went there. night. Exactly. He was forced to go there. Saturday he night. He had nowhere else to go. We need more diners in this town. I've said that for a long time. You can't even get a late night pizza uh, here in Jack. I mean, Jacksonville's so great. It's missing two things Irish bars and where the hell do you meet? You know, where do you eat uh, late at night? So. I think the Waffle House story is a little bit overblown, <laughs> even though I know he's a big fan of it. I just got to wonder if there was a steakhouse next door <laughs> or something along those lines <laughs> and it was open, would Trevor Lawrence have still have gone to a Waffle House? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. All right, we got much more to do. 641-1010 with you tonight till 8 o'clock. Dave Campo next hour. Rafael Esparza live from Las Vegas. Next hour, we'll check the money on all four divisional matchups, and that includes the Jags at the Chiefs. We're live. Mr. Chubby's Wings today out in Fleming, Iowa. Two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers. That includes Miller Lite, all right, all domestics. Uh, $3 wells, $3 wines. With you tonight till 8 o'clock. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. David Crosby has passed at the age of 81. Love his music. It'll remain with all of us for the rest of our lives. 81 years of age, man. I mean, all sorts of troubles, too. Drug-related troubles. Spent time in the pen. Uh, in and out. Rehabs. Back in. Uh, just a, you know, a 
classic example of a drugged out rock star. But the man could put pen to paper, man. Hey, can you imagine writing a song? Man, that's so. I'm going to write a book one of these days. I don't know if anyone's going to publish it or read it, but I'm going to write one. And whether it's a song, whether it's a poem, whether it's anything like that, I just can't imagine how difficult that must be. David Crosby gone at 81. All right, playoff football. Four games this weekend. Eight teams remain for the first time since 1997. Three teams from the NFC East. The Eagles off of the bye, the Cowboys and the Giants. Of course, New York goes to Philly, Dallas goes to San Francisco. If you're wondering, back in 97, the Packers, Vikings, and Bucks back in the old divisions, right? They both came out of the NFC Central. The Cowboys and the 49ers, they're going to meet for the ninth time in the playoffs. Uh, That is tied for the most ever along with the Packers, 49ers, and the Rams and Cowboys. Uh, How important is scoring? Well, how about seven of the eight teams remaining right now in the NFL playoffs, all in the top ten in scoring? Kansas City first, Bills were second, Eagles third, Cowboys fourth, 49ers sixth, Bengals seventh, and the Jaguars came in at number ten. So it's still a league that... You got to outscore your opponent. We have seen recently in the Super Bowl where the defense has been the difference. And, you know, you grow up, you think of the Bears crushing the Patriots. Uh, You think of uh, Baltimore winning their first Super Bowl. You can go back to Peyton Manning, uh, his final game in Denver. That was a a Broncos-led defense. And, And certainly just a couple of years ago in Tampa when they knocked off Los Angeles. What was a 13-3 final? That that was a Buccaneers-dominant defense. I I don't get that that's going to be the case with anything that is going on with the remainder of the games that are going to be played this year. You know, I I think it's going to take 30-plus to win it. As a matter of fact, if you said to me right now, Jacksonville, 30 points, take it or leave it, I'd take it. But I wouldn't feel comfortable about it. Does that make any sense? You know, I mean, 30's a lot. 30's an awful lot. Uh, but I, I still think it's going to take 34, 35 uh, to win this game. I, I really do. Uh, 0866 says, uh, Baloo, why is Trevor yelling at teammates? He doesn't need the change. Chill out, brother. Well, he's down 27 nothing. I mean, have you ever played competitive sports before? Even with your best buds, when you're playing growing up, high school, whatever, I, you yell at guys. That, that's emotion. I mean, enough of this respect crap. If you got to light a fire under someone, light a fire under someone. I mean, they're buds, they're bros, but that's the spirit of competition in every sport that we watch. There is a time and it's more than constructive criticism, there is a time where you must flat out light someone else up. At least that's my opinion on that. I, I've been um, I've been uh, wanting this uh, out of Trevor Lawrence for quite some time. All right, hold on here. Can we confirm this? Because this is new to me. 
But the 1675 is telling me, and I quote, yo truth teller, just some inside scoop. The Waffle House does make some pretty damn good pancakes, too. I, I was not aware of that, JJ. I of thought course. you could only get. I thought you could only get waffles at the Waffle House. No. I didn't know that pancakes were. I swear, I've been in there before, and I've asked. Oh, they I've definitely have for, pancakes. You know that for sure. Yeah, I've had pancakes you, at Waffle House many, many times. It's just a breakfast place. Yeah, like I, but it, but it's about waffles though. Yeah, I, uh, I the feel waffles like, are better, but I mean the pancakes exist. I tend to think it's a little bit sacrilegious to get pancakes out the waffles. Not me. See, I like pancakes better than waffles. I like waffles. What is them? The Belgium waffles or whatever they are. They're big. They're thick. I love when you can get the syrup in every single one of those squares. I think it's a talent. Um, yeah, go get yourself a chocolate them. chip pancake next time you're there. Thank me later. Chocolate chip pancakes are, are absolutely phenomenal, but I. Now, every time I go to a Waffle House or someplace like that, I'm obviously way under the influence, and I'm not yes. driving. But I, I, it seems to me like it wasn't too long ago when I was in a Waffle House and I asked for pancakes, and like the people around me laughed. Maybe I, maybe I got that wrong. You know, I've never gotten like a burger there, but I heard they're pretty all right. Like I've never gotten non-breakfast food there. Uh huh. But it exists. Yeah. I feel I feel like you gotta get you gotta get a waffle if you go to Waffle House. I feel like that's part of the entire experience. I don't think I've ever walked in there and not ordered a waffle. I think that's just has to, has to be that way, in my opinion. Um, yada yada yada. Blue Rick, if this team believes as much as us fans, they will kick some butt. The narrative will change about the Jags one day. Why not Saturday? Uh, I I think. And I hate using the road uh, the word narrative in 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 sports. It's like a it's like a new word. It's like a new uh, sports journalist word. When I got into this business 30 years ago, no one ever used the term. As a matter of fact, we need to come up with a kangaroo court, uh, if that word is ever used by me, outside of reading someone on the text line, which we do appreciate, by the way. You can add yours, 641-1010, on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. The Jags are already going to be noticed, Okay. It, it took that come from behind to do it, but they are going to be noticed. You and I both know that, or you and all our listeners know, that this is 12 months a year. I mean, today, I mean, today they drop stories on us. They, they drop the fact that Jags are going back to Wembley next year. The NFL's always dropping stuff on you, and, and they're masters at it. They, they keep themselves in the news all the time. Uh, but you look at power rankings – and even more importantly than that, you just go to the AFC South. There's not a credible football man or woman alive who is not going to pick the Jaguars to win the AFC South in 2023. It's just not going to happen. Well, it's what if be Aaron Rodgers ends up at like uh, you know Indy or something like? Well, that, that. you know Things what? That's a healthy change. argument. That that's a healthy argument because the three teams in the division are all in need of another quarterback. There, there's no doubt about that. But I, what I'm looking at right now, it's not even close. Absolutely. Rodgers, Rodgers coming aboard would would perhaps change that somewhat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. We'll find out what happens. You know, we'll find out what happens. Lamar Jackson, you know, fired their offensive coordinator today. Uh, Coach Harbaugh saying that Lamar Jackson is going to be their quarterback. 
They're going to start bringing in a whole bunch of candidates. Lamar Jackson's going to have say on the offensive coordinator uh, position and hire. Keenan McCardell, currently the wide receiver coach of Minnesota. He interviewed with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots yesterday. Today, Bill O'Brien, who many believe has been the leader in the clubhouse uh, to get that job, to return uh, to New England. Remember that shouting match between Bill O'Brien and Tom Brady going back uh, seven, eight, nine years ago, whatever it was? Yeah, it was one of the all-time greats. All right, let me I take a break. I don't understand real quick the Greg Roman firing. It's like they built the, he built the entire offense around Lamar Jackson. Like that, that that's the guy you keep that guy, but I guess not. Well, he got hurt, and obviously Huntley did what he did. But I, what I think this is, is a classic example of someone's got to go. Mm. You know, and it, do we know privately is Lamar is Cryptic as Lamar Jackson has been with some of his tweets, what if there is a little bit of a Kyle Murray, uh, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury? What, what if he doesn't want to work with him anymore? What if he doesn't like the direction of where this football team is going? And and that becomes a deciding point. Now, obviously, Baltimore could always slap a franchise tag on him and, and, and keep him there without any resistance. Uh, outside of Jackson. Yeah, maybe but, Lamar said him or me. Yeah. Simple we've as seen that. Coach, we've seen coaches get fired. We see it all the time. We used to see it all the time in the NBA. Now we're seeing it in the NFL. It, it's it's happening. And I absolutely believe that Kyla Murray was the downfall for Cliff Kingsbury. I, I don't know that. I've certainly heard it. I mean, it's never been officially reported. It's easier to read between the lines and, like, just watch them and their body language and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The assumption, no doubt. Aaron Rodgers fired Mike McCarthy. Okay, there's a direct example uh, of that. Okay. Um, Josh Lambeau fired Urban Meyer. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if Urban Meyer was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? (laughs) And that mayor kid no. missed all of those PATs. Oh, my. He would have got his ass kicked. He would have taken his helmet and shoulder pads off him during the middle of the game. All right, let's get ready for our second hour. It's going to be a busy one. JJ and I have our four picks that are coming up. Uh, we're going to check in with Rafael Esparza, live from Las Vegas. Also going to hear from Dave Campo, the former head coach of the Cowboys. How to break this game down a little bit. How do you slow down? Patrick Mahomes. How do you slow down Travis Kelsey? All that's coming up in our second hour. We invite you to come on by. A booth just opened up here and a tabletop just opened up here. I have a tough time accepting that. This party is ongoing and right now at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Fleming Island, we have two for one drafts, two for one pitchers that includes Miller Lite, three hour wells, three hour wines. You had some of the wings. How were they earlier? Oh. You go the same oh. wings every week, or are you same Fantastic. old, same old guy, or do you uh, mix I, it up a little bit? I, I'm basically the same old guy. If I find something on a menu that I really like and that uh, Mr. Chubby's absolutely qualifies, the uh, garlic parm wings, uh, get some blue cheese on there, get some fries, That it, it never goes wrong. It You've got a master. You come in here, you set everything up. Yep. This is Graham Marsh. You get your wings, and you're done by the time the show begins, absolutely. at times I look over, you're falling asleep. I, I wonder, is that because this <laughs> show is so damn boring, or is it because the wings filled the gut? 
It's because the wings filled the gut, and they're they're just that delicious and that satisfying, honestly. Graham's a good liar, uh, as you can tell. All right, let's get ready for our second hour. We are here tonight till 8 o'clock. Then Hacker Nation will join you. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. We are live from Mr. Chubby's Wings, Fleming Island. Great crowd. Always love seeing the good folks out here in Fleming. One of my, uh, I just, I like it out here. Uh, I do. Um, I don't know, other side of the bridge. What's it called right down the road here? It's uh, Green Cove, you know, Green Cove. Fleming, always a lot of fun. I, I'm hearing now from our listeners, 641-1010, um, Every food item that is available from the Waffle House, including the patty melt with hash browns. Get a uh, lot of that. According to the 9052. Okay. Uh, I should be pimping the food here at Mr. (laughs) Chubby's. But then again, uh, Graham Marsh just told us how great uh, the wings were uh, a little bit ago. I actually went with a chef salad today. All right. I'm, I'm trying to pace myself because... When this wraps up, I'm seeing the Fleetwood Mac cover band. I have a feeling I'm going to be opening my mouth and double pouring to try to catch up uh, with everyone else. But there appears to be somewhat of a conflict out there. I, I may actually be correct. Yeah, you... You cannot get a pancake at Waffle House. I believe this might be... A, have you ever heard of um, the Nelson Mandela theory? Where, no. Where people believe that Nelson Mandela is dead or alive or he died in prison like they believe that like they remember the story of him dying in prison but he never died in prison this is me believing that i've had multiple pancakes at waffle house i don't think i did have pancakes at waffle house maybe i've eaten so many waffles there it's i don't know i've only i you know i've never even been to ihop so i couldn't have mixed it there maybe denny's but i'm disappointed in myself i was Confident that I've had a pancake at Waffle House, but the listeners are claiming that I am full of crap. I apologize. Yeah, I, again, that story I, I had, I, I know I was in there once and ordered one. It was Again, they were laughing uh, at me for even asking the, the question. Um, Patrick Mahomes, the first time they faced him, four touchdown passes, 27-17, the victory, 486 yards. Some things that really stand out for Kansas City that Jacksonville is going to have to try to rectify. Number one, Kansas City is 70% in the red zone. That is absolutely staggering. For those of you who are wondering, Jacksonville last year was just a smidge over 50%. This year they've improved it, but they're 53.4%. 31 of 58 opportunities they've scored touchdowns, okay? On others they've, um, you know, attempted uh, field goals. Field goals... As well, you look at Riley Patterson. Ever since that game in Kansas City, he's made 18 of 19, including the 36-yarder to win the game on Saturday night. He missed two in that setting back at Arrowhead uh, the first time that they met. Also in that game, Jacksonville passed it 40 times and ran it 16 times. Now, You knew I was going to go there because I go there every week. And outside of last week's game and the come from behind with Jacksonville, I don't care what the situation is. If you pass that much more than you run, 
for the most part, you are going to lose. There have been exceptions, like Kansas City, like the Tom Brady-led New England Patriot teams. But for the most part, you've got to be a lot closer. And, you know, Hayes Carlin and I were talking about it today during our podcast, which you can get by going to our website at 1010XL.com. It's called Death, Taxes, and Duval. Um, If Jacksonville can get in the high 20s, if Jacksonville can get to around 30 carries in this game, think about what it does against Kansas City. Number one, you take a lot of clock. Number two, you're putting together long drives, which allows your defense to rest because Mahomes is one of those guys who can come back and – and, and put together, you know, a four, five-play drive and go 75 yards. I mean, Mahomes is one of those guys. So if you have a balanced attack and you keep their defense guessing, that gives you that much better of an opportunity. They also use four draft picks this year addressing their secondary. Two are starters. One's a nickelback. One is, uh, you know, at, at one of their corners. The other's a backup, and also they have a backup safety. But they knew exactly what was wrong with this team. They went out and addressed that. And, you know, th- there's been some moments there. They're not perfect. And at this point, I guess you could say they're, they're actually technically not even rookies anymore because this is going to be their 18th game. But still, they have been exposed. Their first-round pick, uh, Trent McDuffie. Okay, Joshua Williams is a backup. They got in the fourth round. Their starting corner on the other side is Jalen Watson. He's a rookie seventh-round pick. They also got a safety in Brian Cook in the second round. So I, I, I love that, that part of it, especially in the second half, where you have an opportunity to go after this young contain. Now, you're going to have to settle down against the pass rush. Right, 55 sacks this year. Chris Jones, 15 and a half. He's an absolute monster. And the last thing before we bring in Rafael Esparza, it's frightening. It's absolutely frightening that Jacksonville's plus five in the turnover to takeaway ratio. As a team this year, Kansas City was minus three. Reminds me a little bit of that whole Minnesota thing we talked about last week. Minnesota 13 and four, yet they had a point differential of minus three. How's Kansas City, 13-4, and four, gets a bye, yet they've allowed more than they've actually grabbed? They do not force a lot of takeaways. Mahomes had a great year. What was he, like 41 touchdowns, maybe 12, 13, 14 picks, something like that. It's, it's not that Kansas City turns it over a tremendous amount. It's that on defense, they don't force a lot of takeaways. As a matter of fact, the first time they met in that 27-17 Jacksonville loss, Jacksonville, the turnover ratio was plus three for the Jags. They had three of them, including the, you know, the onside kick uh, to begin it, and it, it didn't matter. So Kansas City is one of those teams where you can bore yourself to death, and I, I know I do that to you guys once in a while with numbers, but I, I think they apply uh, all the time in this league. Kansas City is one of those teams that's kind of like, you know what, you can give me any number you want. doesn't matter. We're just going to go out and play football. All right, coming up next, Rafael Esparza joins us. Baloo and JJ, we make our picks as well. Dave Campo coming up in about 20 minutes as well. We're live from Mr. Chubby's Wings in Fleming Island. Come on by, say hello. No. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. 
Let's go live to Las Vegas. Always a lot of fun to bring in Rafael Esparza. He is with MyBookie and MyBookie.com. Rafael, how are you? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing well. We'll get to Jack's Kansas City here in a second. But the other three games, any, any major money coming in on, on any one of those six teams? Uh, we're going to be rooting for all dogs, I have a feeling. But <laughs> when all said and done, I mean, the money coming in. Uh, and the, and the Giants is probably the one that's probably taking the most dog money just because that number is weird. Seven and a half, you got that evil half a point on that touchdown. So I would say that's probably the most dog money coming in. But uh, Buffalo, okay, if, if we have to move it to six, it's five and a half now. There's one six out there. Then I think we'll get some Cincinnati money coming in when it goes plus. Like I think that's a lot of betters are waiting for. Uh, and then San Francisco money. San Francisco we all know about the time difference or the days off difference and all that. I just think San Francisco, that will probably close around four and a half, five by uh, Sunday. You know, uh, dogs last week, four and two. Uh, also, for a second consecutive year, um, actually, last, last week, um, home teams, four and two. A year ago, they were five and one. You know, the old school wild card, a lot more success for road teams. What about when you get to the divisional round now? I mean, this certainly favors the home team much more than the roadie. It does favor the home team, but sometimes these home teams are big favorites that don't cover. We've seen them before. That's why I think Kansas City, uh, this won't probably be a solid nine uh, by kickoff uh, on Saturday. So I think Jag money will probably come in. But I, I can see Kansas City winning, but I don't think they cover that number. Uh, just because Kansas City in the past, especially in the playoffs, they've struggled in the playoffs uh, to win these big numbers. So. Uh, and then, like I said, I think the other ones will probably stay around. But I, I can see a dog, one dog winning out of these four games. All right. Uh, what's the latest now on Jacksonville and Kansas City? I, I know it opened around nine and a half, ten. How's the money been this week? Uh, came in Jacksonville early, and now it's just been all KC money. I think it's going to be KC money all the way until Saturday. I think when this number goes back up to a salad nine, maybe some books even move it to nine and a half. Let's face it, this one's going to be a heavy parlay team, a heavy teaser team of Kansas City on there. When that happens on Saturday, when we have to move it to nine and a half, then I think we'll get that Jacksonville money that we're desperately need. We need the under right now. I can guarantee you the total opened up around 51 and a half, 52. It's 53, and there's a couple of 53 and a half. So I can guarantee you we're going to need that game to go under. Yeah, I, I really like the over here. What, what about a first half line that's something i've never really been a big fan of but jacksonville has really struggled to score in the first 30 minutes yeah it is and i think that's why it opened up at four and a half the first half it got better all the way up to six uh there's a couple five and a half so i don't think we're going to move it anymore uh but i could see that and i can see more points scored in the first half than the second half the total is 26 and a half but if you're looking for kansas city i think there's value at kansas city at five and a half six first half and I think the game, I think there's value of the Jags. All right, Rafael, uh, I know you're busy. Tell us what's going on right now at MyBookie and MyBookie.com. Yes, yeah, it's a crazy time. we got the divisional playoffs, the full slate of college uh, basketball on Saturday. we got UFC 283 in, in, in Brazil, so that should be fun to watch. Uh, your favorite sport, the hockey is full, uh, on full range. you get got the XFL starting pretty soon. Baseball pitchers and catchers are coming pretty soon. College baseball starts pretty soon. So it's just a full, full time of action all around. Glad you mentioned UFC. It's going to be a lot of fun this year, especially as some of these rumored fights end up uh, coming into fruition. Rafael, always a pleasure, young man. Thank you. We'll do it again next week. Take it easy. A fantastic weekend.
There he goes, Rafael Esparza. All right, let's make our picks, Ballou and J.J., we have four games on tap this weekend. Uh, Rick Ballou five and one last week. JJ four and two. Seasons totals: Ballou one twenty-two and sixty-nine. JJ one ten and eighty-one. I am up first. I will take Philadelphia over New York. JJ. Yeah, I like the Eagles in this one. All right, you are up. It is Cincinnati in Buffalo. <sighs> I. I think the Bengals have been playing the better football, even though they both struggled last week. I'm going with the Bengals. I love your pick. And and, and I'll go the opposite here just to, to make it interesting, but I was really thinking Cincinnati. I, I think you're a, they're a better team. Problem is those three offensive linemen are really beaten up for the Bengals. And so. they're on the road. Yeah, that's going to be a factor. Dallas at San Francisco. For me, this is the hardest game to pick. Yes. Um. San Francisco's such a good football team. I'm going to pick the roadie here. I'm going to pick Dallas on the road. I really think when this thing implodes with Brock Purdy, it's going to be an ugly mess. So I'm going to take Dallas. I agree with the Purdy comment. I just don't think it'll be this week. I think we are being prisoners of the moment with how good Dallas was against a terrible Tampa team. Um, I think they come back down to earth. I like the Niners this weekend. All right, and let's wrap it up. Jacksonville at Kansas City. Kansas City to win, Jags to cover. I like Kansas City to win by a score. Yeah, I do as well. I have a 34-27 victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. I I just think they have the best player on the planet in Patrick Mahomes, and they're a well-coached team, and that crowd and that atmosphere, the weather, it all sets up for KC. Uh, So I think they hang on here. Not hang on. I think they win by a touchdown, 34 to 27. I hope I am wrong. God knows I've been wrong many times before. When we do return, let's bring in Dave Campa, big fan uh, of ours here. He's part of our 1010XL 92.5 FM family. He also, of course, is the former coach of the Cowboys and has been all around, including in this state, coach for uh, Miami. The University of Miami is a defensive back coach. He was also a defensive coach here for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's dive into this matchup. How do you knock off Kansas City? Dave Campo joins Rick Ballou. We are at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Fleming Island. We draw a little bit closer to kick on Saturday. Let's continue to talk about the Jaguars. They'll be at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City to try to knock off the Chiefs. Dave Campo, you heard of him. You hear him all the time here on our Channels 1010 on the AM, 92.5 on the FM, and he joins Rick Ballou. Coach, good to have you back. How are things? Uh, things are great. Uh, you know, this is game week, another one. Uh, one that uh, a lot of people didn't feel like we were ever going to get to, including some of us. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's a great week. Uh, looking forward to the ball game. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. Want to move forward, but I had the uh, opportunity once again and thoroughly enjoyed it to sit next to you last week down 27 nothing. In a nutshell, um, how did they pull that off? How did they come from behind down 27 nothing in a wild-card playoff game? Well, you know, I think they've done it. You know, I mean, this is something that, that you know, really uh, shows the team that, that has a lot of fight, a lot of grit, and, and a lot of confidence and a lot of, uh, you know, looking at, at things with the idea that if they take care of their business one play at a time, they're still going to have an opportunity to get in. And that's a credit, you know, to the coaching staff. It's a credit to the, the quarterback. I think I guarantee you from a defensive standpoint, 
just knowing that you have a quarterback like like Trevor Lawrence on the other side makes a big difference because you know if you can just hold serve a few times, he's got the ability. He's shown it. It's not just because everybody's saying he's a you know a generational quarterback, but he's shown throughout the year that he's able to uh, compartmentalize the fact that you know he's got to play well at the end in order to win and and I think that helps the entire football team you know Dave last week uh really kind of the thought around here because it was such a positive when Jacksonville went into LA in week three and pounded him 38-10 it was kind of don't read the the press clippings this is a totally different game later in the year of course they got Kansas City about a month and a half after that victory at LA how does this one apply considering you know it was about uh seven or eight weeks ago and obviously Jacksonville fell from behind but came back in that game do do you go in with the same type of strategy or is there more that you can take out of the first time you face Kansas City well I think our team is different and I think their team is probably different Uh, I feel like our team uh, is much more capable of going into a game like this you know having played as well as they did down the stretch. Uh, you know, I think our team believes that they can play anybody. You know, I think they'll look at the game. They, they, they know that, you know, in that football game, one of the reasons that they won the game, uh, excuse me, one of the reasons that they were in the game at the end was the fact that, that uh, they had the turnovers. But we missed three field, two field goals, and, you know, we had a touchdown call back because of a, a guy jumping off sides, and we had a, a first drive pass that was wide open to Kirk that he dropped that would have given him a chance for another touchdown. So I think from a confidence level, you look back and say, hey, look, we were we were in that ball game, We were close, and uh, we did come back. But, you know, let's try to get off on a good start this week. Dave Campbell, our guest, former head coach of the Cowboys. Of course, he's been all over the state of Florida as well, including the U and uh, coached right here in Jacksonville. He joins Rick Blue on the flagship of the Jags, 1010 on the AM, 92.5 on the FM. All right, there's so many different ways to look at this game, but I think when you get to coaching and the intangibles, there's a clear difference between this and a week ago. Number one, you're on the road, which is a very difficult environment. It's got a little bit of that college feel to it at Arrowhead. Secondly, Dave, I, you know, Andy Reid, his experience, his staff, you can't spot them 27 and expect to come back. That That's a real good group over there as far as coaches, and I feel they'd be able to run the ball and throw some safe passes, do some things to keep the clock running. Well, that's gonna, it's going to be really important, uh, and, and I think, you know, the one thing you didn't mention, uh, Rick, is the weather. You know, I think, you know, I just watched the weather report, and it looks like you know, we might get some snow up there. So, you know, that changes the dynamic of the game as well as far as, you know, how you handle you handle the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, what what's in your game plan for, you know, going into the ball game. But there's no question in my mind that one of the keys to the ball game is going to be that we hold on to the ball a little bit. We certainly don't want to come from behind again. I think this is a game where you want to stay, you know, with the team or ahead of the team to where, you know, you can play your game a little bit more. And the more you keep their offense, listen, they're number one uh, in pass offense. They're number one in points. They're, you know, number, you know, they're, they're high in touchdowns. You know, this is a really good offensive team. They're high on third down. They're high in the red zone. 
So there's a lot of things you have to overcome if you get behind. So it's going to be important that we keep their offense off the field. I think there's some things that we can do against them. I don't think their pass defense is, is anything special. You're going to have to you know, keep them from blitzing you to death. So you're going to have to control the football a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no doubt if it's got all the makings of a of another very high scoring affair. You mentioned their pass defense; they they do get pressure. Uh, you know, Chris Jones this year, fifteen and a half sacks, but they really addressed what their need was, and that was in the defensive backfield. They used three draft picks this year, a first, fourth, and seventh rounder by going out and and getting cornerbacks, and all three have been pushed into service, perhaps for Joshua Williams and. And Jalen Watson, maybe a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, I have to believe that that's how you pull off this upset is by passing the football against these young corners. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I you know when you look at their defensive football team, uh, you know the the thing that really sticks out to me. If you look at the statistics over the year, you know their their numbers of passes against them are extremely high. The the run uh, rush attempts are low because the way to get after this team and have a chance to win is to throw the football. And, you know, the, the key thing is going to be they're not very good on third down and they're not great in the red zone. They're 67% touchdowns in the red zone. So you've got to be able to make some plays down the field. You've got to be able to, uh, you know, get the, yourself into position to, to have some make, makeable third downs and, you know, that's where hopefully we're going to be able to, to make some hay. You know, Dave, I'm interested you in, as a coach here in what you can try to do, what you can try to say. You know, the last five weeks, and they, obviously they've won six in a row, but the last five games, they're down 17-9, 17-10, and 27, and they come from behind and they win each and every one of those games. Again, I'm a believer you cannot do that in Kansas City. They will win. But what can you do as a coach or a veteran player to try to wake up and not make all these mistakes and at least put something up on the board in the first quarter or first half? Well, you know, during the course of the year, there have been times where they've been pretty good with the first drive. Uh, Lately, it looks like they've been getting off to a tough start. Maybe some of that is based on the fact that they're you know, it's a little bit new to them, you know, being in a situation where it's a must win every week. I think that, they, that what they've got to do is they've got to get uh, Trevor Lawrence off early with some things. Uh, a perfect example to me was when they found out they were really struggling, what did they do? They got the ball to ETN, not necessarily running the ball, but swinging them out of the backfield, give them the ball in space. You know, those kind of things give you a chance for let your athletes make plays. It's the same thing in the passing game. If you can if you can run the ball enough to get it to where you can, you know, get some quick passes off to use it as run run plays, uh, I think you've got a better chance. And I think Trevor has a better feel right now. You know, you can't do that. Uh, you, you, you just can't. It's going to run out on you if you get behind early all the time. Patrick Mahomes, I think, is the best player in the NFL. He simply does things that that no one else can with his arm. He's also fleet uh, with his foot. What I mean, do you do you spy him? Do you put a guy on him? Give me your best idea on what you believe Jacksonville should do 
obviously he's going to get his, but at least try to slow him down a little bit. Well, I think you've got to, you know, make him feel a little bit uncomfortable. And, and the way you do that, this team is not going to be a full-out blitz team because he's pretty good against full-out blitz. But if you bring a few guys, you know, try to attack some protections and that type of thing and change up a couple coverages on him, uh, you know, that's the only way to handle it. You've got to make sure that you have somebody that has his eyes on the quarterback and all the twist stuff that they've been doing lately. you got to be really careful with it up front. Because, you know, if you give him an opportunity to get outside on the perimeter, that's where he's the most dangerous. If you can keep him in the pocket, fill up the gaps inside a little bit with some added pressure, uh, and, and, and make sure he doesn't get on the perimeter where he can run or pass, uh, that's your best chance. And I don't think they can be as aggressive against the run. I think they've got to, you know, basically, I hate to say this because as a defensive coach, you know, the first thing that comes into my mind is stop the run. But they don't really want to run the football. And they can be successful because they use the pass to set up the run. So I think you've got to go in with the idea they're going to throw the football. They're going to run some of the, uh, the uh, perimeter passes, the, the boots and those kind of things. You've got to be prepared for those things. And, you know, you just got to you got to hold serve against them. They're going to score their points. Yeah. You know, and, and if, if you can, you know, I think the game's going to be in the 20s uh, for both teams. Hmm. And, and that's, you just got to hold serve a few times on defense to give yourself a chance to, for the offense to get a couple of extra uh, opportunities. Final couple of moments with Dave Campo joining Rick Ballou as we go into the night. Same question for, you know, Travis Kelty, the, uh, Travis Kelsey. They have some quality wide receivers, as we know, but Kelsey is an absolute beast. Uh, w- what is the best way, in your opinion, to try to stop him on Saturday? Well, I think you've got to be aware of where he is all the time. You know, that's one thing for sure. And, you know, you can't just play straight zone against them because he'll find a place to get. And so they've got to be able to play some man coverage. And that's what they put the pressure on you because they do have, you know, quality receivers that can make plays as well, guys that can run. Uh, you saw, I mean, even, and, and you know, Andy's great at setting up matchups. You know, you saw in the first game, Kadarius Tony had just shown up. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's one of the leading receivers. Uh, so they really put the pressure on you. You've got to be able to double uh, Kelsey every once in a while. In, in certain situations, you do a great job of scouting to see, you know, where he's catching the majority of the passes and when he's catching them. And you've got to be aware of that underneath with the linebackers. And, you know, again, you don't stop them. You just try to control. Is there a corner who goes on them? Maybe the nickel? Is it Herndon? I mean, do, do you play the linebacker? Do you play a safety? Is it a combination of them all? What, uh, what do you believe well, they're going to do? Well, I personally would go in with the idea that I'm going to play nickel almost every down. That's my whole thing. You know, I'm not going to go in thinking I have to stop the run in order to win. Right. So for me, I've got to treat him. What you just said is, is critical to me. You've got to have somebody on the guy that can cover him. And, you know, to me, you play it with a nickel type of a scheme. Yeah. And, you know, whether they're going to do that or not, I don't know. But I know I wouldn't go in with the idea that I got to load up the box and play with my big people. You know, I'm going to, I'm going in with, with my coverage people and take my chances. 
All right, Dave, last one for you. Since their loss at Kansas City, you set aside that awful uh, matchup in Detroit. Uh, I mean, this team's won seven games. They're 7-1 and one since that loss at KC. What's the one thing that sticks out with today's Jaguars team that was different than when they faced Kansas City back on November 13th? Belief in themselves. Belief in the coaching staff. Belief in the quarterback. I don't think there's any question. You know, if you look at the matchups, Rick, you're going to say the matchups obviously favor Kansas City. But when you talk about momentum and belief and the idea that you can play against anybody, listen, this is a good football team. You know, and, uh, you know, I really couldn't say that at the beginning of the year, but you certainly said, hey, look, all these games are close. They can win some of these. They just got to figure out how to do it. Well, this team right now, with a 7-1 and one run, thinks that they can beat anybody. And I think that's a, a really big uh, uh, effect going in. You, you've heard it many times, probably. You can't measure the heart of a man. Well, you can't measure the heart of this football team either. I would not be a bit surprised if they went in there and, and had a very, very good ball game against these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's um... – you know, I, I'm trying to remember who said it. I think it was Christian Couric who uh, came out and said it really feels like it's uh, it's us against the world. I, I kind of hate that approach when uh, heavy favored teams play it, but in this case as an underdog and a team that keeps winning, it, it really does apply. Dave Campo, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you get him all the time right here on 1010XL in 92.5. It's great to have him here with Rick Ballou. Dave, thanks as always. We'll do it again real soon. Absolutely, and, and let's get us a win this weekend. All right. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate your time. Okay, Rick. That was Dave Campo. Had a chance to catch up with him before the program. Always a lot of fun to hear from the ex-NFL head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, that's going to do it. It's always a blast here in Fleming Island at Mr. Chubby's Wings. want to thank everyone for their hospitality. The extended happy hour continues tonight up until nine o'clock. Thank you to Dave Campo. Thank you to Rafael Esparza. Also to Graham Marsh, the engineer. And of course, JJ as our producer back in the studio. Quick announcement if you have not already heard it, but tomorrow we will be on the air from three until six. All right. I'll be on there with Hayes Caroline and Lauren Brooks. So that is tomorrow from three until six. As I've said several times, David Crosby passed today at the age of 81. So let's leave you with one of the greats, Crosby's, Still, Nash, or Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Uh, This one without Neil Young, but still, nonetheless, one of the great songs that he was a part of as a writer as well as a singer. Have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow, 3 to 6, right here in your home of the Jazz. Spirits are using me. Larger voices.